Yeah, here we go. Hi, Neil Brennan here. I come Sunday night, come to Santa Monica. Come, come Sunday night. Show. Come, come Sunday night, Santa Monica, 9 p.m., Westside Comedy Theater. And I'm doing, I think I'm doing Bonnaroo, and I think I'm doing, I know I'm doing the Kilkenny Festival in Ireland. Oh, have I told and you about the Kilkenny yes, Festival? Have. And also buy my album on iTunes and rate it. Rate that. All right. Moshe? All right. Hi. It's Moshe. Uh, hey, April Fool's Day. New Orleans. Louisiana. One-Eyed Jacks, Tom Lennon, Natasha Leggero, myself, should be lots of fun. April 3rd through the 5th, Laugh Boston in Boston. And then I'll be at the University of Oregon at Eugene at the Wow Hall. And that's what you'll say if you come see me there. What? That's on April 17th. <laughs> so come fuck with me. Go to MoshaCasher.com. We're in the middle of a major revamping of the website. <laughs> Exciting things to come. Listen, it's going to be great. Also, I feel like you, your relationship with the audience... I feel like when you, you talk like very showmany, where you're like, big things coming. Hey, I, the audience likes me. People, people out there, if you're listening, hey, this is your boy. <laughs> this is the grandmaster, Moshe Kasher, coming at you live. Big things. Yeah, again. MosheKasher.com. <laughs> live. Always like live. I'm doing it, I'm doing it in the middle right, of but the, the bit. Thing you can't, podcast even, you is... can't criticize me for yes anding your own <laughs> fucking insulting I can bit. criticize. You know I can. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's fair. You are a master. Trayvon? I got... Watch The Daily Show Monday, March 24th when we're back on the air. They don't give me time to do anything else. So. You don't think that sounded fancy and bombastic? The Daily Show? Yeah, but he didn't go like, coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's big things coming on The Daily Show. A <laughs> lot of fun things coming. We got Nancy Pelosi. It's wild. Oh, it's so wild right house. now. We revamping. We got a new desk. <laughs> got that Daily Show. Um, new Neil Brennan. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, we got to do a Hulu ad. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you. Do you fucks with watching things? Neil, do you mm-hmm. fucks with watching mm-hmm. things? Let's say you wanted to watch The Daily Show. It's a great television program coming at you live. Yeah. It's actually not live. Let's <laughs> say you missed it live. live. Reco- yeah, it is. It is and technically- then edited and then released. Nothing isn't recorded live. <laughs> um, <laughs> go to HuluPlus.com slash champs. You're going to get two free weeks of Hulu Plus. Basically, everything you can watch Hulu, but half the stuff's not on there. And also, you got to watch a ton of commercials. Hulu Plus, you don't have to watch commercials, and all of your stuff is there. You don't have to just be googling and then going on some weird torrent site and uh, messing your computer up. What do I watch on Hulu Plus? I watch old Saturday Night Lives. I watch. Uh, I watch. I watch George Carlin doing his. The, he's on the premiere of Saturday Night Live, and he does the baseball has extra innings football sudden death bit. Hot bit, interesting to watch in context. Motion, what do you like to watch? When I go to HuluPlus.com, what I like to watch is The Blacklist. That show is so intriguing. Which James one is that? James Spader is, that like is killing the... it so hard. I'm telling you, James Spader, he went from being a John Hughes 80s dude to a real nefarious motherfucker. So when I go to HuluPlus.com, forward slash the champs, I fucks with The Blacklist. And also Shark Tank. Shark Tank always. I feel like Shark Tank gives me real world advice that I will never use. <laughs> Anytime I watch Shark Tank, I they have like a it seems like goofballs. Speaking of Shark Tank, you go to HuluPlus.com, you get two free weeks. It's a great business plan. It's a great website, and for that reason, I'm in. 
Okay. I'm assuming that's an allusion to shark. I didn't it get is. that far. <laughs> you got to watch. It was too goofy. Inside. Uh, yeah, so go to HuluPlus.com slash champs, and uh, you're going to get two free weeks. Check it out. It's not like an auto-renewal. It's not like your porn things where you're <laughs> auto-renewed. Yeah, you go to Just, BBWSuperstar.com. It'll ruin everything. Yeah, you'll be next charging. thing you know, it's charged. <laughs> you got it. Your people are talking to you. Um, no, so uh, what do you watch on uh, on 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 uh, HuluPlus.com? I watch uh, Agents of Shield. I'm a Marvel fan, so huh. All right, good. Yeah. Um, good all right, good. So that's uh, that's HuluPlus.com. Go to HuluPlus.com/slash/champs. Free everything. For two Don't weeks. mess your computer up. Two weeks, no auto renewal. You can't lose, bro. Bruh, bruh. I'm trying to all tell right. you. All right, bye. Now you're fucking with the champs. at you live hollywood california uh, sorry neil what's up hi buddy um our guest today is good stuff is a man. guy who you know when i go to the improv a lot there's a lot of guys that i don't know there's like a lot of just dudes hanging out at the bar a lot of them what i like to call people that live around hollywood I like to call them hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> They're all trying to get those. They're Hollywood all trying novels. to get some like something. Now, our guest today, I would lump you in with a hungry. You were just some dude that I would see at clubs. I didn't think sure. you were a hungry, hungry hippo. Don't hip hop the mic, by the way. You're doing it. Yeah. Okay. That's um, two insults, less than five minutes. <laughs> no, it isn't. At I just live. didn't, and I told you that, but I, I already <laughs> yeah. told him that. He did. Uh, I would see him around. I didn't. I never saw him do stand up. I would just see him at the bar. Then I find out. Hey, that guy Trayvon is uh, got hired for the Daily Show, and I was like, I didn't even know the dude could write. You like the hippo? Uh, yeah, I was like, you mean the hungry, hungry hippo? <laughs> the Hollywood hungry hippo? <laughs> um, and uh, and it turns out you can write Trayvon. I've still never seen you do stand up. Um, it's funny. Yeah, you have. I've never performed, and you were in the club. Yeah, that's that's no accident. Trayvon. Okay. Oh, you mean you bounce? I bounce whenever I even when I <laughs> see I'm your name. I'm watching like, that hippo. I'm gone. I see him leave the building. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, talk to us about who are you? Tell uh, us who you are. Tell the good people of America who you are. Uh, this is your big shot, man. So don't. Where fuck do it I up. start? Um, grew up in Compton. Oh, good oh, start. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was like, a great start. start. Yeah, grew I'm up in, listening. Grew up in Compton. Uh, played basketball. Pretty much my whole life, Dominguez High School. That's uh, a good basketball school, right? It is. Uh, I was on the team with Tyson Chandler of the New York Knicks. Yeah, of course. And we won a couple championships. Went to college, Long Beach State. Uh, we, uh, with a scholarship? Yeah, scholarship, full ride. And tore my meniscus my sophomore year. Which is not a horrible injury. No, but it's, it's not, not unless they can salvage it. Got and it. And couldn't. So I actually have no cartilage on the lateral side. So it's just bone on bone. And they were like, well, you should probably never play again if you don't want a knee replacement in like 10 years. So uh, I played one more year. Because um, fuck them. Yeah, yeah right? Nobody and tells Trayvon Free what to do. Every yeah, it's like, 
Every comedy, every comedy writer in Hollywood, no cartilage in their knee. No that's kind of true. Yeah, that's that, there is, is that no there is something truth because there's all a lot of old Jews. <laughs> there's a lot of and comedy they, basketball and they, leagues, and yeah, and there's a lot of comedy basketball leagues. And then when they after thirty, they all tear either their Achilles <laughs> or their ACL, MCL, meniscus. Yeah, so I did uh, after when I got hurt, I started writing, doing stand up, and what year is that? That was sophomore and junior year of college. What year on the Roman? Oh, two thousand five, two thousand six. <laughs> okay. And um, started doing stand-up, uh, played my last year of college, graduated, uh, working a regular job, still doing stand-up. Um, what what was your job? I was actually a loss prevention manager for Target. Oh, you were that motherfucker? Yeah. When I'm trying to get a bottle of rum in my pants and just <laughs> yep. get out of there had and to just put forget the, about to, my day? I have to put the cuffs on you, man. Okay. this I've asked this before. I don't think it's true. Um, Ray, Uncle Ray Murphy. Ray, uh, Charlie and Eddie's uncle once told me that in he said he works security and that you have they have to see you steal it in order to frisk and or question you. Is that true? Yes. And do you have to leave the store? Yes. So would you ever give somebody a pass? Be like, yo, you look good to me. <laughs> I saw you steal that. Put it back, or I'm gonna put. The no, like on. what you would do is if you want them, if you want to like let them get away, you kind of just make it obvious that you know what they did. Like get like follow them around blatantly. Right. And they'll go throw it somewhere and like right take off. But otherwise, once you pass by that little sensor thing, you're fucking done. That's it. Yeah. Did you ever get in any fights? Couple, yeah. Yeah. Take us one time. Uh, this girl. Uh, when I was we're idiots. Go ahead. Tell us about <laughs> violence. Uh, the Inglewood Target, the worst one in the company. In the whole again, all that's of the you. targets? Yeah. You can, so that's you, the red. The Inglewood is that. the red dot <laughs> it in is. the target. Trayvon, you can say that. Yeah. I cannot say I'm telling you from the experience. worst. I'm assuming that's the worst one. It I, is. Sounds great to me. You know me. What I'm does that mean average-wise uh, theft wise, what does that mean? Like uh, in terms of uh, average, they measure by number, like of shit they calculated in the year that's missing. Number of shit they say it like that? No, not on the reports. No, it actually says like theft of certain category. Theft of, products. of shit. They'll yeah, say right. theft of shit. Yeah. Right, and that store would have the highest number. Did it? What? What was the? Do you remember what it was? Um, I don't. It was in the millions. Millions of wow. dollars stolen yeah. out of well, the... Well, because employees are stealing shit, too. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, so, yeah, well, they got the hookup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, like, combined, you have to try to stop all of that. Why not close down the Inglewood Target? Cause, You're Mr. Target. Because black people will scream racism, man. You get, you, the ones who ain't stealing, they need a target. Do you all you have to do that... To, do you think that that's a legit fear? Do you think oh, that that's the, a legit the company? fear? If they're losing a million dollar, millions of dollars in... in and I would assume they're still making a profit. Sure. But all they'd have to do to combat the, the uh, cries of racism is to say it's not that they're black. It's that they are incapable of stopping stealing. We can't stop them. They just I mean, are thieves naturally. And so this store I mean? has this store actually input police like to, on the premises. The first time I'm going to say, hey, that was Moshe who said that. Uh, very good. <laughs> Usually you, you're the one who said now Neil said that I don't want to be associated with what you just said. What I don't think what you just said was racist, but it sure sounded like it. Well, it was a jo- it was a, a joke. Okay. Uh, no, I understand. <laughs> but I don't think Target should do that. Honestly, to be real with <laughs> no, you, no, I understand. I don't think they should say that at all. Yeah, no, it was it. That's now I know how you feel. I have empathy when you hear some of the greasy things I say on They're this mad podcast. Greasy. Yeah, 
Um, Trayvon, now, uh, so so they're losing millions of dollars. All right, tell us about the fight. Sorry. So this one particular time, like, I'm not being racist, but Mexican guys will like. Okay, that was in Trayvon. A, in a group, way, so yeah, that. in a group, will come in the store and kind of spread out and try to steal shit at the same time. So it's like if you catch one of them or you watching one of them, other two are doing their thing. So uh, these guys had a car waiting and lowrider. Uh, no, it was a Cutlass. Toyota. Cutlass. Oh fuck, not a lowrider. Is no. it true that when they get away with stealing, they always say tequila? <laughs> Is that true? Is there any truth to that? <laughs> you know more about this than we do. No, they uh, they usually just was their horn come back from shit. Was their horn La Cucaracha? <laughs> <laughs> Any truth to that? No, the horn was not. Huh. So they come in, they spread out. Yeah, and, and they they like they're tucking shit in their pants and their jackets, and uh, Dickies jackets. Uh, no, it was a uh, fucking ben starter Davis. jackets. Starter, okay, starter, just starter. the same thing. Starter. Raiders, yeah, always Raiders. Yeah, fucking, Raiders. they love the Raiders. Yep, they sure do. Um. Yeah, so these guys are doing this thing. We we see, we know what's going on. So we're watching all of them. They get ready to leave. It's like four of us. We go out like, hey, you have to say this like spiel of like target security. Pull out your little badge. Um, Would you be? Were you on a monitor or you were? Yeah, they got target. By the way, don't fucking steal from target unless you're in Inglewood. Yeah, uh, unless you're in Inglewood or you're a hacker. In which case, there's no better place right. to steal from yeah, them. Take everybody's information. So why don't steal from Target? Because they have one of the most expensive security systems of any private corporation in terms of retail. Like the fucking FBI uses Target systems. Again, a real tribute to the dirtbags of Englewood. Yeah. <laughs> that despite that, they've overcome they have that. Serious fucking cameras. Facial recognition, yeah, all like that they shit. Got yeah. the they got the whole. They nine. have a targeting system, you know. The guys, <laughs> you will. You know, sometimes Moses is a professional comedy writer. <laughs> you can't turn it off. Yeah, you can't. I want to. Please. Yeah, I wish. Please. <laughs> yeah, so they can see everything, and you're gonna get caught. Even if they don't arrest you, sometimes they'll let you get away because you'll come back, and then they build up a case on you. So, like, Holy what shit. could be like a petty theft? They'll let you build up to a total of grand theft, like and then that. arrest I you. Love that. Straight up diabolical. I love that. And I like that. like no. I want to. I want to bust this guy. And they're like no. Let him go, man. <laughs> That's oh. exactly it's like what it's the like. wire. Yeah. Like, oh, we can't yeah. do anything with this right now. Yeah. Like, what do you take? It's only twenty five dollars. Nah, let him ride. Let him nah, ride. No, no, no. I don't like his face. <laughs> and so you come back like four or five times. We know every time what you stole. Damn. Once he gets over four hundred dollars, boom, grand theft. And so. Uh, these dudes easily had over four dollars worth of shit, and we go out try to stop them. Uh, you can cuff them. You can cuff people. You can yeah. target can cuff we can, you. Yeah, we and you have them. real cuffs. Yeah, we have real handcuffs, and uh, so you can physically roust them. Yeah, you can like, hey, come with me. If they like, kind of resist, I can grab. As long as you don't run a certain distance away from the store, I can't chase you. So just that's your interesting. Advice is. If you don't steal from Target, but if you do, run, run, run. Yes. run. If you run, you you're will. Good. You're good. If yeah. you get past the exit doors and that like sidewalk, like once you get into the actual parking lot, 
It can't chase you. The Got thing it. about Target, they have the most sophisticated anti-theft software program in the entire but yet, corporate. But they can't stop a man that runs away. They are incapable. They have can't it. do it. A, one, uh, probably the <laughs> oldest uh, theft uh, uh, maneuver the old, in the game. Yeah, the old run away. The old take it, it and yeah. run away. It's That's legal. The legal one issues. advantage that the FBI has to Target is that they, they can run after exactly. you. Here's a question. Do you have the build up, building the case up? Could you do it over a number of different targets? Sure. The, okay, so it goes into a database. I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. This is great. And they have a they so have an intercompany scary. database, and with say, facial recognition. I, I yeah, mean, they got pictures, yeah. everything, and they go say uh, you go in the Moshe store and oh, you, I own a Target now. Yeah, for I the you own a Target. Yeah, go, go on. And you steal a PSP or something, right? Uh, Moshe calls me or Moshe writes a report about your theft and I see that in the database and I go, hey, is this the guy who stole the PSP? And Moshe's like, that's the guy. Yep, that's Neil now, Yeah, he stole it. Now Neil that Brennan. goes into your total. Not only are you got grand theft, you're doing it across multiple stores, which is just making the arrest, when you get arrested, the time worse in terms of how long you're going to go to jail. You have to go to every store and sit in their, in their waiting room, right? Yeah. yeah but each, store, each store calls <laughs> your mom each. and tells you that you can steal <laughs> each one. It, sometimes it takes days. Yeah, you just no, have to go from store to store. Your it's mom funny. gets very annoyed by the end of the process. Yeah, they like, drive I already in, know. I don't want to hear anything. They drive in one of those old people golf carts That's like right. they have at the airport. From Inglewood all the way yeah, to Burbank. Horrifying. Yeah, so like Moshe will send out a report. Hey, this guy stole a PSP from my store. I'll be like, and I know him. He, and that dude got your but you money. don't. But what I want to know is, is it? Do I even need to fill out a report? Meaning, if if the fa- if I say if Moshe says Neil stole this, and you have my face goes into the database, would it the next time I go into another target, would it not just automatically say this is the guy? Um, they. It, uh, I, I mean, I've been gone from there for a while. I would, they, the capability of the software at the time could do that, but they weren't using it. It was more like because they had so many plainclothes security guards right. that were just working cameras and could like instantly see your face and go, that's the guy that stole the PSP. Damn. Somebody watch him. Like, they're really good. And uh, they'll just they have your picture up in the office. Right. The district managers will send out alerts like, hey, the PSP guy is out and about again. He just got saw. We just saw him at Moshe's store. He might be headed to blah, blah, blah. This is his MO. He goes to these circle of stores and he doesn't show up for a week and he comes back and does the same thing. And then eventually. Uh, it is pretty crazy that the store with the most sophisticated anti theft stuff is named Target. I mean, there is <laughs> some delicious irony there. They got a lot of money, man. Yeah. Tell us about the fight. So go to grab the guys, put them in the cuffs. Instantly, it's just brawling. And just they start throwing. It just, it just starts. It's One just guy a or a bunch of them? Three of them. Got it. They and start this, swinging on you. I wish there, there used to be a video on YouTube that somebody put together of like the greatest target fights from security. And it was set to Enter Sandman by Metallica. <laughs> and it was so Is the Cat good. Williams one in there where he slapped the, I've the seen target? I don't know. No, this was like before that. Okay. But it was like Target got finally got it taken down. Oh, I was going to say, fuck, You can't take that. video from the store. Right. It's part of your like contract. They can fire you. Because I actually... I wonder which store leaked that footage. Huh. Oh, wait. I think I know. <laughs> Could it be Inglewood? Does it rhyme with Shinglewood? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. That's not a thing huh. but yet. Because there was a store I worked in where Britney Spears had actually stolen from our store. Wow. And this was around the time she was going through that like meltdown yeah. shit. She had just come from a gas station. Paparazzi followed her to our store. This is with the, the umbrella in Culver City. This was before the haircut. 
Okay. And um, she came in the store. This is so funny because TMZ the next day took a picture of her with the shit she stole. But she comes to the store, shitload of uh, paparazzi. She uh, says she wants to buy a phone charger. So we kick out all the paparazzi and we take her to the electronics. She uh, she picks up a DVD and uh, a book copy of uh, what's that line? Which in the wardrobe? Uh, Not Chronicles, Chronicles of Narnia. And she says she has to use the bathroom. We take her to the private bathroom. She comes out. She was wearing a Raiders starter jacket as well. Which I find. <laughs> there were four of her. Which, there was which four Britneys. Crazy. Yep. And she uh, she comes out of the bathroom. Now the stuff is in her purse, and it's one of those tiny girl purses. So it's sticking out. It's obviously it's like, not one of those dude purses. Not no, one of those fat one of dude purses. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not a man. Not the big fucking man bag. Sure. The uh, tiny woman purse. Mm-hmm. She's sticking out the of the purse. Called a clutch. There you go, clutch. She's got you know, a copy of the line that was in the wardrobe sticking out of her clutch. And a DVD. I forget what what movie it is. But I'm gonna go with the Nicholas Sparks movie, like a, a Notebook, but not quite the Notebook. So uh, a walk to remember. Go ahead. She uh, leaves the store with the shit in her bag, and we're like, "Well, do we fucking arrest her, <laughs> or like, do we ask for the yeah. shit back?" And the supervisor's like, no, fucking let her go. Should put her in the database. <laughs> this is just the beginning. Yeah, we can build a bigger a case. case. She's right. going to go to Moshe's store. She's going to get a <laughs> PSP. Exactly. It's on. And her face will be on the wall. So she leaves. TMZ calls the store. It was Brittany in the store? No comment, whatever. Uh, was Brittany in the store? What do you? Yes. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it. The next day on TMZ, there's a, a picture of her at like a coffee shop reading the stolen book with the sticker still on it. And she's so crazy that the book, the book is actually upside down. <laughs> she's just pretending to read it. But uh, they can't do anything about this now, but I actually had the video. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to take the video. <laughs> I took the video. Of and, her stealing the language yeah, in the world? Yeah, of her stealing it. In the bathroom? No, no, she did it in on the she did it in the store, like the video of her collecting the shit, come out with her in her purse. It's all on tape, and so uh, I didn't know that they were going to come down to the store to check to erase the tape. So who was they? The Britney the, people? No, our bosses, like the higher ups. Wait, so they it's funny were that just they're like, wanting to protect Britney. Right. It's fucking odd. Well, they were worried that someone would take it, sell it, and get money for it or whatever. Oh, right. So, so they Someone come down. like a guy who writes for the Daily Show. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, they come down to check. Uh, I didn't know there was a camera behind me in the office. Oh, so there's footage of you watching the footage of her stealing it. <laughs> exactly. Dude, this is very. This serious. is some Inception shit. Right now. Target is Inception. Did you find your ex-wife who had <laughs> mental problems? <laughs> the the camera. There was video of me. Getting the video onto a hard, onto a little. Uh, you can't beat Target, baby. <laughs> yeah, you got to know that. And Lesson so, number you one. You know what's crazy? I'm videotaping this whole thing That's right, right now. <laughs> so they didn't when they came to check the tape to uh, for for her stealing or whatever. There was like, okay, it's still there. We got to erase it. And then he was like, oh, also we have to watch the video footage from this camera You're like, to see on. if to make sure no one copied the video. And I was like, oh, fuck. You're like, I'll take fuck. care of that one. Uh, let me go. Uh, and look at that that's, a, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I actually went to the thing. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll run it for you. And I'm like running the tape. And he's like halfway paying attention and uh, talking to like the other people going over the target policy about video and shit. And I'm like waiting for the part for me to come up like st- doing the fucking thing. And the fucking thing goes out. Fucking breaks. The wow. machine breaks. Yeah, it goes out. 
So he never saw the footage oh, of me great. copying. He screamed like Woody Harrelson when he watched that video of the child being killed. In, in True Detective. No, yeah. really? <laughs> what do you think? What, what do you think ha- in the video? What on the uh, True? They killed the girl. But it must have been they some more gruesome. Her. Yeah, they fucked. Yeah, they probably her. raped her. Yeah. Okay. I had a an erection while he was watching it, so that made me think. Yes. There's sex. I think they chopped her head off. Chopped her head off. Is it, okay, yeah. What do you with think? With the with the I thought I think they I think they rape I think rape kill. But it happened so quickly. I mean, he would. Have what had are to you have guys saying? There. Rape kill like it's a known. It's thing. a thing. Yeah, yeah. rape kill. Yeah, it's you thing, rape right? kill once in a while. That you like rape that's kill. a known rape kill. I feel like that's a thing. If right? You have a you have to have a, a a sword dick. Do you have you never seen a sword? <laughs> dick? I've never heard of that either. Well, that's a thing as well, Neil. Yeah, you have a sword huh. dick. You sword dick out, and you rape yeah, kill. You rape kill. On, a, on a bed mattress. On a bed. You got more a lot today. Yeah. So in, a how, in a house, really room. high sophisticated security. You can rape kill with a sword dick. Yeah. Uh, the end of True Detective. I had the chills for twenty minutes. Did you? I was bummed out. I did, I was just like, oh okay. But so. you know, but you know why people didn't like the the ending because fucking people on the internet and Reddit were focusing so much on the yellow killer, the yellow right? king, yellow and king. the show was not about the yellow king. It was about the, their relationship. It was. It was about the. It was about the detectives. It's called detective. It's a detective yeah, story. It's true. To, so it's supposed but, to have a detective but twist. Even even like, the guy who you know wrote the guy it. We've been foreshadowing was the killer. Yeah, he was the killer. Even the guy who wrote it was like, if I wanted it to be about the the Yellow King and not the guys, like I would have made it less obvious who the Yellow King was. Right. Oh yeah. He, He's like, oh, believe me, if I wanted to write a sophisticated mystery, I would have. This yeah. I mean, a, do you think? Were you disappointed with that part of it? Yes, I was. The mystery part of it. I just would have liked something. Who, what's the Yellow King? Oh, we don't know. Yeah, but see, but do you do you think that because people built up what the Yellow King is to you, but or it's a detective story? That's. I mean, my brother said this, and he, I just agree with him. So, I mean, it's a classic trope. It's a classic type of story. It's a detective story where you, the killer. There's a mystery. I mean, something, some, some closure of the story. But he kind of makes. But I it, still felt like the tracking it was interesting. Like the, I loved the show. Him get, but him getting to figure out who it was, I thought was. That was like a legitimately you, good, oh, that, and you also no, get a. I'll disagree with you there too. Even their detective work was bad. They're like green, green. Hold on, it's green. Well, yeah, but that there's all you, the the key is with those things. You just have to hide them better. Yeah, they yeah, just didn't yeah. hide it very well. Like the Eureka, like the Scooby Doo. The wait a minute, <laughs> zoom in on that. Um, Trey, you got some? I don't think I don't I don't think he cared. I think he really wanted you to fucking get into that Russ Cole, yeah, flat circle shit and. Uh, Woody's terrible with women relationship, yeah. interpersonal relationship shit. Shout Those out to dudes, Woody Harrelson. Shout out to both of them. I mean, yeah. But here's why I'll say Woody Harrelson more than McConaughey. Cheers. Kingpin. New cheers. Kingpin. Larry Flint. True Detective. I would put that against anyone's career for the last 30 years. Well, also, what was really impressive about Woody Harrelson is that he plays Matthew McConaughey's character most of the time. That's why I was most impressed. I was like, if you were casting that show and you thought, well, what about Woody Harrelson as Russ Cole? You'd be like, yeah, that's a great casting. So he was playing against type, which I thought was even more impressive. Do you th- so I, you, I, don't, I don't think I, I agree with that. You, Only think he that. you think he should have been Russ Cole? I'm just saying in his uh, career arc, except for Cheers, he plays like that, like 
wing nut, like, you know, loose cannon, you know, type of dude. I mean, American. I felt like McConaughey was better than he would have been. You, no, no, no. I'm not saying he should have been that role. I'm saying in his career, he has played that type of role again and again. Not this, like, straight-laced square, uh, you know, trying to keep his shit together, right. smoldering embers of a man. Right. Uh, he was more this live wire, smoldering embers. I'm feeling really good about You're my really good choice today. right now. I feel <laughs> You're strong. being mad literate right now. All right, so, Trey, you <coughs> leave. So, you're doing... Fighting uh, the Mexicans. You're sure. Fight, so, you just melee. Fucking yeah, melee. And then just, how you got to let them... You you're just, what? 6'4"? Six, 6'7". Six, six, seven. Six, seven. And now you... And they're, I would assume, 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, they're Mexican dudes. The Mexican they're like 5'7". 4'8", four, four, whatever. Now, did any of them choke you with their extra long white socks? <laughs> <laughs> That's where the knife was. Is that true? Was yeah. there a knife? Yeah, they always have a knife. <laughs> because not because not they're Mexican, be racist, not again. because they're Mexican, but it's to cut open packages in the store. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. You're not talking about Mexicans. You're talking about people that shoplift. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, they did. They did too. But it's like some of that stuff is in that really thick fucking plastic, and they bring stuff to cut it open with. And when you see a weapon, like you can't even approach. Like you have got to it. let them leave the store. So we, got, we know how to get away. So with you theft start. Now. You they start melee begins, and then what happens? Uh, knife comes out, automatic fallback. They get in the car. Did you say you got this dog? <laughs> Did you say you got this essay? No, I said get everybody just fall back. Like right. that's they, how the hood got the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> that's how they came to the hood. Stolen from Target, and they and they so they and they got away. Yeah. But I mean, you did you get any pops you, in? Well, you call you call the police and file a police report anyway after uh, the moment they leave. When they start throwing punches at you, can you punch back? You can defend yourself to a point, right? It's kind of like you can defend Is yourself. It defend yourself in quotes, like no, nah, I had to throw that uppercut because that actually happened. One that actually happened before too. Like you can you can defend yourself, but like on you got to remember it's all on video. So the moment you get the like upper hand, where you kind of like that stand your ground shit, like if. If you can retreat and you don't have to fucking shoot or fight, like they say you have to do that. If you don't, then you get fired. Let me ask you this from a racial profiling perspective. If it had been like a real dorky, skinny white dude that started throwing haymakers at you, do you think you'd be more likely to come here, you little rascal? And like, No, I have like, like really like wrestle people. If you can get a hold of them while they're still within distance of like hitting you or something, it's fine. Like. I've, Would you wrap I've up? I've literally wrapped up people and carry them back into. Did the you store. sing in the arms of an angel? <laughs> no. In the arms of a negro. They were in the, in the arms, arms of. There we of go. A negro. <laughs> there we go. Fucking Jesus! Where was that premise five years ago? We could have fucking made a lot right. of money on that. I don't even know what it would be, but. Um, that would be comforting in a way if the guy was like singing to you as he brought you back to the security. <laughs> I like the idea of you throwing him in the freezer somehow, yeah. carrying him, and <laughs> dumping him in the freezer, even if there is no freezer. All right, so you're doing stand up. So then you're you're doing stand up and you're working at Target. And how's the stand up going? And then um, what were you writing that you said you wrote a little bit too? Yeah, I was like trying to like write script, like start writing spec scripts and whatever you think you can write it. 22 right and um i stopped working at target i met russell peters who pretty much then like mentored me through comedy oh great and took me on the road with him and like pretty much he put you on that's what we would say pretty much basically he put, he put, he put me on and he was like vouching for me at clubs for clubs to put me up 
And so I was getting time around the city. That's how I was getting up at the factory. Right. I was getting up at the improv. Um, and I started submitting for shows, like trying to submit so for late night show. Some, some no, I didn't have anyone. What do you I mean was, you would submit? You would walk well, in with I, a Target shirt on and just put it at somebody's <laughs> desk? No, I had um, friends who were like agents or had like a boutique agent. And they would just submit for me because we were cool or whatever. And um, I did like I was doing stand up for like five years before uh, that kind of became lucrative enough for me to live off of and stand up. Yeah. <clears throat> and then around twenty in twenty twelve, I submitted for SNL, submitted for the Daily Show. Still no agent. No agent. Okay. What did you submit? <clears throat> uh, SNL and SNL was five sketches and daily show was three headline scripts and a chat script uh all right we're gonna explain to people what a headline script is and what a chat script is so the only you're the are you not the first black daily show writer uh second count why why was correspondent writer so true Um, and i guess larry wilmore wrote some of his stuff but yeah but you're the only dedicated writer the only only the only black guy he refuses to go on camera on the daily show you wouldn't if they asked <laughs> you wouldn't you, right? even take, you'd be like no get out of my office i did submit i did I submit do. for this last run of uh, correspondence but uh, i was advised against it um but yeah headline is basically what you see on the show those two acts before the guest okay those are called headlines and you have to write three of them so you have to find a news story a topic or something like three things that go together and write John's take on it in the exact way. They give you a sample script and you do that in the exact way uh, you think he would do it. And you send it back and hope. Is it that, worth, did you, is there any, did, were you tempted to kind of like, I would assume you and John's, I would assume you're like a, a liberal, a, a uh, what I call John is like a principled liberal. Sure. Um, I would assume you're relatively the same. Yeah. And did you find yourself wanting to slip in more you than him? I was worried about that at first, and I went back and, like, went over some stuff to make sure it was, like, more in his voice. Because, I mean, you obviously, especially being black, you have your idea about things that aren't necessarily his oh you were putting in like illuminati conspiracy <laughs> who killed biggie Shit about how, uh, <laughs> it wasn't shug man i'm telling how you great, a uh, police officer. air force ones are yeah <laughs> i actually had an air force one joke in my script did you really? That's i did it was uh because one of them was uh about romney talking at the naacp and one of the jokes was like uh he thinks black people wear air force ones they don't belong on air force one great and um that's one of the ones I remember. But yeah, you basically write three of those. I gotta say, I feel like that's more your voice than John's. It is. <laughs> it definitely is. Because <laughs> he has no fucking idea what Air Force I, I mean, because you had to have a little bit of that in there because they were like, yeah, we right. want to see your, how you're different. Flava spelled with an A. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you do, actually, you do two of those in a, in a chat and then you do, and if you make it to the second round, What's the chat? Another. Well, you know how when we do, John goes, for more, we go to our uh, senior correspondent, yes. John Oliver. John Oliver, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So you write that. Uh-huh. A back and, and you forth write back and John. forth. Yeah, you write the back and forth with John. And you submit that, and a week later, they'll tell you whether you – they're actually one of the few shows who tell you if you didn't get it. 
so you don't have to sit up one. Like, are they going to email me? Or are they going to call me? Right. They'll send you an email. If you're getting this email, sorry, um, we didn't decide to go with you, but try again next time, blah, blah, blah. And so I got the email saying I made it to the second round. Uh, this time you have you had two weeks the first time to write three scripts. This time of your own choosing, you find the material yourself. And this time you have one day to write a script with material they give you. Hmm. And um, what was the what did they give you? Uh, Romney's VP pick. Who was he going to pick? It was at the time. It's funny. The day I got it that night, he chose Paul Ryan. Got it. So I was already like pretty much done with my script. And then he actually chose Paul Ryan. So I was like, do I fucking change this or like what? So I just left it um, as if it hadn't happened. What since was your that's best joke pick? Who in was that, it? In that, oh, I picked the Chick-fil-A cow. Okay. Because at the time that Chick-fil-A shit was going on. And I like wrote it where he went through the list of people and why they were the wrong person, and then uh, landed on the Chick Fil A cow because he was supposed to be like conservative That's great. and That's principled. And you uh, should write for the Daily Show. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I sent that in, and a week later I get an email saying that I came in second. Damn. That's uh, hilarious. <laughs> and they're so cool at The Daily Show. They'll tell you who came in first. Or, and give headshot. you his address. <laughs> they give it to you. Well, it's funny. The person who who uh, like beat me out was a girl who was a producer there. Happened to die that night. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Fell out of a <laughs> 10-story window. Onto a Target. Uh, hasn't been seen ever since. She weird. had on a Raiders jacket. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, um, yeah, so... I got an email from the head writer, an email from executive producer who was the showrunner at the time saying like your pass was really, really good. We all really, really like your stuff. Um, like you're the, you're you're black. The, We're going to call you later. <laughs> you're, they read them blind actually, which is really good because you don't have to worry about someone's friend right, yeah, just right. getting uh, the job. But And which again <laughs> speaks to the thing where they go, there's not enough minority hires, not enough women hires. Not enough. It's like, no, they are reading the best yeah, material. I mean, it's like a. I think it works in your favor, and it can work against you because on a show like ours, like we just hire three new writers; they're all white, white right. guys. And Thank God, <laughs> I heard about you. I was furious. I <laughs> you haven't watched the show since. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Not even on HuluPlus dot com slash, slash, slash champs. champs. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think I think it works against you because on a show like ours. There's not a lot of black people submitting for the show to begin with, so it's not necessarily going to help you get minority or diversity hires. Uh-huh. Yeah, because most people are like, yeah, call, uh, Ivy League educated suburban white kids who love the Daily Show. Like anytime I do shows, those are people come up to me. How do I get on the show? How do I yeah. write for the show? I've maybe seen like five black audience members in two years. Um, you could put it in the, um, you know, like the, the title, like, you, you know, how there'll be a template script and it'll a- you accidentally leave it there, like, you know, like Nip Tuck script sample. You could put it in there, like, black writer <laughs> sample. Just you, in case you look up, yeah, yeah. I'm black. A little picture of you. I mean, it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess my jokes were black enough that they knew. Right. But, well, you did spell ask AX. <laughs> That's true. And li- a- libra- a- the Library of Congress is heavily mentioned. <laughs> so. So that was kind of a yes. If that, this is a this is a tip to a white writer. If you ever submit to the Daily Show, put some jokes in there that'll maybe yeah. skew the perspective a little. Yeah. Bit. Put yeah. some curry jokes in there. Well, <laughs> that's the okay. Well, that's an interesting question. Do you or, keep talking about what you're just the the white writer thing? So you think that they because I'm of two minds. I'm of the mind that they should just hire the best people. Sure. 
but I'm also of the mind that they should have a diverse point of view. And I have a third. I'll say of the mind just to throw this in there. It also there's also magic in a room in a writer's yeah. room that doesn't come across from the greatest script. So if you if you have right. seven of the greatest scripts, but they're all social duds, you're going to have a. I think there's room. nothing you can do about that, right? Because I you, think I think that there's not. You'd have to put them on week long right and go like all right we're gonna put you in or we're gonna switch you out yeah like you just have to hope also if you're only good in a room then you're probably not that good right uh but so what do you make of the diversity thing because because i'm of two it's like the thing of if i'd known you had submitted to snl i would have like told and like look for this shit because right. i always tell people like I tell black dudes all the time, like submit to SNL. They 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 would like a black writer, right? And no one ever does. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know that many. I think I was. I heard it on your show when Larry was on about like it's cool when you're black to be on camera, not the writer. Kind yeah. Of thing. So I don't really know that many black com- comedians or entertainers Those goals who are. who yeah who wants to be like I want to write for this show. I write for this yeah. sitcom. It's like. I just want to do stand up and maybe get my own show, like that kind of thing. So, right. but to go back to Neil's question that I interrupted, which was, "What do you think?" Being on the other side of it, having been hired, what do you think? A blind script reading policy, or I think focus on diversity. I think you. I think the blind script reading is still good, but I think you can also support diversity programs, or at least make people like a lot of people. Like, like the few black people who have talked about the show to me in public, like that they would want to work on a show like that. They come from places where nobody tells you that's a thing you can actually do. Like when I was growing up, I didn't know comedy writer was a job. Yeah. I watch TV, love TV. I didn't know that the people who TV's wrote this great. shit. HuluPlus.com slash Neil. Like killing that, it. That's not like an opportunity that's made aware to you. It's like, go play basketball, go be a rapper. Right. Like that kind of thing. So I think if people know about it, and have access to like the kind of resources that yeah, can. Yeah, what's funny is it is analogous. Being a TV writer is analogous to making beats, being and a that's a thing. Yeah, dudes in the hood love. Making yeah, oh beats. yeah, love making. Beats. <laughs> so I'm saying it does that they sound knew cooler, though. Honestly, it sounds cooler. I don't to think make it's beats, just perspective. I think. Well, yeah, you it can't sounds say nerdy. Like you're a writer. You're that's nerdy. Right. Yeah, but I will make beats. That's, yeah. Uh, that's oh, not... you know what? Let me break you off some pussy real quick. <laughs> okay, you know, that's a dude saying it. Uh, okay, yeah. on the strength, I'm gonna just break you off some pussy. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give you some pussy. Uh, yeah, and you can't say I'm in the lab either, right. which you can when you make beats in the world. Right. Lab. Um, yeah. So that's. I wish they. And that's also one of the parts about that I always try to get the word out on the show is like you can be a writer. Right. Uh, which I don't feel I don't. It's like a considered corny. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that I really knew about until like high school, like in the end of high school. When you started stand up, did you say to yourself, "Oh, interesting, I'm a really good joke writer. That's what I'm good at." More than you know what I'm saying, like the the technical. Williams probably not ever thought to himself, "I'm going to get a TV writing job." Right. Though he's a great comic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, did you say to yourself, like, oh, interesting. I guess what I'm good. When you saw other comics, you said, I guess what I'm good at is is writing. Right. Yeah. It, it kind of felt that way. It's like I felt more like a writer comic and less of a, like, performer comic. Right. So, like, for me, it's more about writing a funny joke than it is, like, getting on stage and, like. Fucking the stool. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Those are pretty hard dichotomies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, and what was it like? So, so you. So you came in second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So came in second. 
got the email saying like, look, you're the only one we sent in this email to. Uh, I want to meet with you when we're in LA for the Emmys. You wrote back on black. I got the job that day. <laughs> uh, we, I was like, yeah, sure. We picked a date. They came, he, they came out for the Emmys. I met with the showrunner. Who um, was at that point? Uh, Rory Albanese. Yep. And, um, we had a really good lunch. Uh, while we were actually meeting a guy who used to work on the show, Jim Margolis, uh, had stopped by the table and it turns out his landlord, uh, is the guy who was the head writer of W. Kamal Bell show. Oh, okay. Wait, which um, Chuck Scalar or yeah, Kevin Avery? Chuck, Chuck. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, he's like, yeah, man, we like, he came in second on our show and we don't have room for him right now, but, uh, W. Kamal Bell shows looking for a new writer. So it's like, yeah, give me his stuff. I'll send it. I'll give it to Chuck, whatever. And so after that, three days go by. I'm on my way to Vegas to do shows. And um, he texts me like, hey, man, still going to pass your info on the gym. Just I'm working on some things right now to try to get you on our show. So just give me a couple of days. Uh, two days go by. Our show being the daily show. Yeah. Yeah. Two days go by. And... Um, I get a and text. you're betting big money in Vegas because you just know you're about to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have up. any fucking you're about money. You caked the fuck up. <laughs> and yeah, I was. I went to Vegas fucking broke. Basically, I was like three months behind in rent. You know what's hilarious? This is, uh, the guy who plays from Mike and Molly, um, Billy Gardell, was on Marin Show. When he booked Mike and Molly, he had seven dollars in the bank, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. And he's like know. married. Um, I don't even think I had that. Like yeah. I was this. Gig. All you had was that Britney tape, right? <laughs> and I couldn't even sell it. <laughs> you yeah. were trying to put it on the roulette table, just the DVD, <laughs> nothing. So uh, Friday, I get a text: "Hey, we want you to come out next week and meet with John." So I'm like, "All right." Like I don't you know what John the- who, which is that was when you lost it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, cool, okay. I don't know what this is about. Like I'm kind of like, am I gonna get a job or is this just like? Uh, meeting kind of John thing. loves to meet people. Yeah, he's a big time meeter. <laughs> he just likes to meet people. Well, it was one of those situations where it's the I watched the Daily Show for ten years before this happened, and you want this job more than anything, especially for the simple fact that you've been broke for the last six months. I'm trying to imagine and you really hyped up. You seem like cool as a cucumber. So nah, like cool I could go. see you get nervous. As fuck, I could picture you getting nervous. No, I was. I was like super fucking nervous. My hands were sweating. Yeah. Uh, I get there, I'm in the meeting room, waiting for John. Um, the producers walk in first. John walked, the room was like all glass windows, and so I see him pass by. I'm like, oh shit, like, here he comes. So he comes in, shakes my hand, sit down, I'm like fucking wiping the sweat off my hands, shake his hand. And we just start talking about like my life and career and how I got to this point. And, um, Did you tell him the Target stuff? Because that was good. That's that was good really shit. Good stuff. Now he, it was literally like, seven minutes and then he's like all right nice meeting you i gotta go uh get ready for a rehearsal a seven minute meeting yeah it was probably like wow. at maybe 10 maybe and um so they were like yeah well all right um and i'm like but do you think you failed as busy at that point is, 10 minutes is like no i'm two saying, hours but from, but from your perspective you think fuck that was seven minutes i failed i didn't get it yeah i'm just thinking like well okay i guess um I'm gonna put that sweat back on my hand. Because well, the questions, the questions he were asking, he was asking me, it sounded like an interview. Like, well, how do you feel about like having a lot less time to do stand up? And I was like, 
like would you want to give that up for a writing room job like i was like fuck yeah yeah like to have money all the time <laughs> like <laughs> and work on this shit. like yeah i would definitely he actually said he, would you like to have money all the time <laughs> <laughs> and so like yeah i would cut back on stand up to do the work on this show and so i'm like then there would be questions where it didn't seem like it was going anywhere. So He's like, like, how do you spell ask? <laughs> and I was like, and then you start a- sweating like a motherfucker. A X K. A X K. I'm going to split the difference and say A X K. Does that work for you? It's like the body spray. Yeah. So he, he excuses us from the meeting. The producers all leave and it's just me and Rory. Oh, it'd Man. be cool if all of them left. Just like, <laughs> just, yeah. Okay, I guess I'll go. And you got an email. If you're getting this email, maybe you <laughs> please move to the office across the hallway. You're hired. Yeah, so we go. Um, he goes, like, normally I don't give tours or anything, but I'll just show you around, like, the building and the studio. So we go to the writer's wing, introduce me to all the writers. And I'm just thinking, like, with the way this meeting went, I'm like, this is, like, the shittiest second prize ever. Whereas, like, you flew right. me out here. To show right. me what I could have had. Yeah. <laughs> this is called uh, the goodbye tour. <laughs> yeah. Right. Basically, like, so this could have been your office. Um, it isn't. Don't get it. Don't, right. It's definitely don't, not your office. Don't get it wrong. Said. Instead, the other person can sit here. Yeah, this, is, uh, this is the fully stocked uh, catered kitchen you where you food. don't touch that uh, roast beef. That's not for you. Um, that's is for employees only. Yeah. Great. Uh, we go around the building. Rehearsal about to start. They come down and watch rehearsal. And I go, hey, before I go, can I get a picture with John before I leave? And I'm thinking, like, this is fucking the end of the stop right here. And he goes, um, yeah, yeah, sure, like, after uh, after rehearsal or whatever. So rehearsal ends, John fucking gone. So I'm like, like that, he, middle finger. <laughs> right. He had a picture, your head shot in the middle dropped, finger. Up. Dropped his fucking clip mic. Yeah. yeah. Middle finger, walks off. Um, and... I'm like, well, I'm doing so much for that picture. I guess uh, he's like, Can't yeah, even have a picture. Yeah, right. No memories. You want another tour, maybe? <laughs> come back after rehearsal. Oh no, he said come back for the taping. So, I, all right, cool. I'll come back for the taping. Come back. This is so funny though because it's such a human moment where you're like, your ambition is turning into a, like a straight up bitch. Like, you're like <laughs> yeah, I'll come back for the yeah, no, I would taping. Love to. I'd love fine. to, but yeah. you think you're a walking, you're a dead man walking? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's yeah, what it I'd felt love like. To come back for the taping. That sounds really great. <laughs> I'm, can you pause this real quick? Sure. Sure. Actually. No, no, no. It's going to make a new file. Press that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so you come back for rehearsal, uh, for the taping. For the taping, rather. yeah. Come back for the taping. Watch the show. O'Reilly's the guest. Um... And after the show, I'm like, okay, well, this must be the final stop. And he's like, uh, come back to the back. There's a few more people I want you to meet. So he introduced me to another producer. And at no point did you think, like, well, they must be hiring. Like, this well, see, that's weird. the thing. It was so it was so weird because it's like this feels like a hiring. But, like, the way this day went, it feels like maybe not. Had you ever uh, been hired before? No, this is my first. Uh, I mean, non-target. <laughs> Oh, like no, this is the first time. This is the yeah. This is the only time I've ever gone through this process, and so we go in the back. We go into a room. John is sitting in the corner, like flipping through the script. There's like the producers are in there, and I sit on the couch and I go, "Hey, John, 
really good show tonight. And he's like filming the script. He goes, yeah, thanks, man. Um, Never like looking. He goes, I was actually wondering, still flipping, if maybe you might want to still flipping. Come here and write for me. Drawn out just like that. Crazy. So he loves this. Yeah. He's like (laughs) (laughs) milking it. And fucking I couldn't feel anything. I was like, hell yeah, I would love to. And, and he's like, he's psych. Sh- you know <laughs> right Stuart, I just remember this. When I was night, I knew John when I was worked the club in New York, the door, and I was a fucking ragamuffin, scrubby motherfucker, and he was always nice to me. When he got his show on MTV, the John Stewart show, he called me. I lived out here, and I was like nineteen, twenty, and was like, he at, he asked me to submit because he knew I wanted to be a writer, and it it was so above and beyond. Like what he needed right. to, you know what I mean? And I think I, I didn't obviously didn't get it, but, but just the fact that he knew, like, yeah, I'll look at that guy. I'll look at like he's, he's Jeff Ross like, has a good John story too. He told me he came to our Christmas party uh, last year, and he was saying, did he roast you guys? Go ahead. <laughs> he was saying uh, when he was working the clubs, and John was like pretty like famous or popular. Uh, he got a flat tire, and John like called him. He didn't. He's like he was broke. And John like called him a like triple A and got him home and shit. Like was like really Yeah. Really hell. He's like he didn't have to fight like he hardly knew me. That's yeah. what all the writers I've known on the on the, your show have said. It's like the best part of working here. It, 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 it the, is the, the cachet of the show is working with with John. He's great. Yeah, he's so he's always involved and he's funny as shit and he he like jokes around with you. He'll talk to talk to you for like ten minutes about nothing and he's just a really you you think like you're gonna get here and he's gonna be like meetings and then you go do your thing and then you see him every like no all personally day long. i miss clay kilborn <laughs> clay, <Clayborn. laughs> that joke died before it was given birth to. <laughs> that joke was uh was the K- craig kilborn of it was a miscarriage jokes on <laughs> it was a miscarriage that's right. it came out it a that's, a, that's a toilet baby <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're in the office and he says come right for me and you're just now yeah just this is funny. the first job you've ever had in, yeah. in comedy in tv it, yeah that's crazy that's great and and yeah, it was it was so nuts because after everything I had been through that day of thinking like I'm just going to go back to my fucking about to be evicted apartment. And have you talked to him about it since? No. About the process of like, is that have you seen other people get hired? And what was their process like? I've, it's funny because um, even other people's submission process wasn't like I mean, I submitted it during a closed submission. So it was only like 90 people. But like the one we just had was like 200. But um, the last couple of people, one of them just got asked to submit and just did one script and got, got hired. Yeah. And bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, uh, he was white. So, yeah. Well, man, they don't want to put him yeah. through the ringer. Yeah. Right. You know what they say about white people? You got to work half as hard to get twice as far. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I never talked to him about it. He doesn't. It was just it, it was what it was. And then you, he's really good about letting you know what you, when you do good work. And that's cool because you feel, like, terrified when you first get there. Yeah. Everybody's smart as shit. Everybody's super funny. And you're the new person in the room. What was the thing Chris Rock would do? The opposite of that. What you it was got on this podcast. Shit? It was on this podcast. Like Rock has got a lot of, have like, you walk in your first day and be like, 
okay, right, well, how many got? jokes do you have? Or something, something really oh, yeah. terrifying and awful. Yeah. You knew you were going to fail. Yeah, like, what you got? That's um, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't to see what you had. It was literally just to fuck you up <laughs> make you feel like, oh, no. Did I tell you what Rock said when... Uh, when I was, it's like what a dickhead he is. Mm-hmm. When I was working on his movie this summer, he go, he at one point. I'm literally in a scene. I'm in wearing a fucking baseball uniform for, at his behest, and uh, and he goes, he walks past, he goes, Neil Brennan, how's that on camera thing going? Oh, <laughs> oh shit! He's like a classic asshole. He's a cla- and yeah. he's like, ah, oh, Dennis Miller used to do that to me all the time. He'd be so like, funny. hey, Rock, how's that new Eddie thing going? Uh, but like, it's, he's just a fucking mean older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then what is the day? What's the what's the show like? What is the what's your job like? What um, is it? It's nine to six, a very fast paced nine to six. You come in, have a meeting, watch some clips. We all in the meeting dick around, like joke around. What's funny about this? Come up with a take. John decides which ones he likes while we're like all talking it out. And you go off and write it. And when you're talking it out, is there a sense of we're competing and one of us is going to be the winner? Or is it just like, is like it pretty When natural? people are throwing out jokes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's trying to like one up, like get the best, uh, the best joke. Because a lot of times the jokes that some of the jokes come out of the meeting end up in the script. Right. And um, so you want to sometimes your joke can sell John on a whole prank. doing the yeah doing the take and so everybody's just throwing out jokes throwing out jokes uh land on the take two writers go off and write their own version of it what um, do the rest of the people do some people might be on an assignment from yesterday mm-hmm. that's for today or for later and, and how does how do they assign who who the two writers are they just ask who wants to do this oh right it doesn't does it is it generally 10 people raise their hand or is it like no it's like sometimes the person who pitched it wants it right um, sometimes nobody fucking wants it if it's like Siri or some shit. Right. Um, and, but most times people volunteer. Like it's never, it's rarely the case where it, it does happen, but it's rarely like some, everyone's just like do trying you, to disappear into the couch. Do you find that your personality helps or hurts? Meaning I always find that guys that can, Guys that are better performers get more shit on just because you can convince the the guy to do it. Um, you, like you can be charming, you can be persuasive, forceful, or sure, is I it mean, even it? I mean, it's because the show is such a written thing. Like a good joke, John just knows a good joke when he yeah. hears a good joke. I mean, no matter how hard you sell it, and sometimes you're trying to sell something and he's just not buying it. Like right, you try to. I remember there was um, a joke. I wrote um, during the Trayvon when we covered the Trayvon Martin trial when uh, they rejected the, your Trayvon joke. No, no, no. Yeah, they had to. One re- of they them. had to accept all of them. That's I mean, yeah, I'm, one look, of them. Dude, I'm I'm the black guy and I'm Trayvon. Exactly. And all the other the white writers go stand your ground, John. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, this was when Oliver was hosting, and it was a joke. Well, stand your ground, John, still works. Yeah, it still works. Even yeah, if yeah. it's Oliver, it's John it's, Oliver. Yeah. Whatever. John, go John. on. Go uh, on. Where the, no we H. Got to John with an H. We needed to clarify that. We got John with an H. <laughs> um, the, if you remember, the the, prosec- the defense opened with a knock-knock joke. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, well, I, a worse miscarriage than the Kilborn thing from earlier. I, I don't say. think so. Go no. ahead. <laughs> 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 um, 
Uh, so we were talking about that thing, and the joke was, um, uh, that's the that's the worst. Uh, is like that's the worst something by a person with the last name West since uh, the time uh, Adam West told a crowd at Comic Con to suck his bat dick. Right or something like it was something like that. Something about that was Adam your West. submission. Yeah, it that was, was something your pitch. Like, it was a it was a mix of Kanye West and Adam West, and ending with Adam West telling people to suck his bat dick, and he loved the joke, but he just did not want to do it, so right. it got cut from the first script, and we went and rewrote it. And when you rewrite, did you uh, tell t- explain to people how you pitched that joke? Uh, Meaning, like it's in the room. You guys are all batting shit around, or, or no? You... That was that. That was a joke I wrote into my draft. Okay. So when you after you turn in your draft, you all go in the room, the two writers, the producers, and John, and you read. You go over together, and he decides which jokes he likes, which jokes like what if they don't like it, they don't even bring it up. You just talk about what jokes you like. Go back, put this script together this way. So, uh, the bad dick joke got a huge laugh in the room, and he's like, not doing it. So, um. We go write the second draft. Bad dick jokes not in there. Every time you after you write the second draft, it goes to a producer or head writer who does a, uh, another rewrite of it before rehearsal. Uh, I print the rehearsal script. Bad dick jokes in the script, and I'm thinking I fucked up. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't take bad dick out of the script. Now it's in the prompter, and so uh, it comes up, and John sees it and he laughs and he does the joke. And he's like, still not doing that. It's, he's like, Trayvon, it's a funny joke. I'm still not doing that joke. And I'm like, I didn't fucking, that wasn't. You're yelling this across. Yeah, the like that, that wasn't. And uh, Rory's like, I put it back in the script. So yeah. I was like, he's like, I like the joke. I put it back. I was like, thanks. Like, so, and uh, and it ended up getting on the show. Oh, like, it did? Yeah, it got on the show. Did it? But did it? it did. It got a huge laugh. And, yeah. But it died and it had to be resurrected. Like sometimes you can fight for it. Sometimes. A producer or a head writer would be like, I kind of like that joke from the first draft. Right. Uh, like, And sometimes John remember. Well, a lot of times he remembers old jokes from drafts that got cut. And he'll just ad-lib that shit in, uh, during the taping. Yeah, I went to a taping once. It's pretty interesting. Have you ever been? Uh, yeah. It's pretty interesting to watch because you can see the prompter and then you can see what he's doing. And it's yeah. Like, oh, this, yeah. Is, this dude is not yeah. prompter. He's just doing what Yeah, he just he fucking... Wants. Have you had the experience of writing a draft, going into the room, and eating shit? Oh, yeah. And is the first. Is he mad or is he just like, fuck, I have work to do? No, no, no. He doesn't, like, he doesn't get mad. Like, he doesn't call you out on if he just didn't like what you wrote. It's just, there was no jokes in here I cared for. And he won't put you on the spot or anything. He'll just go. You know it when he goes to the other person's script and goes, this joke, this joke, this joke, this joke. Now go back and write the thing. And you're like, nothing from my past. Obviously, he didn't fucking like it. Right, so. right. The comics <laughs> listening, because there's a lot of comics, I think, that listen to this. It's like there's a special kind of bombing in, yeah. in a writer's room. Because like the moment you, you walk like out of the room. Worse. I feel like it's worse. It, cause it, it is because like the whole room knows nothing from your script is going into the next draft. But you get the chance to in the second draft write new jokes so you might get a joke on the second time right the only and, time i've been in a room like that was although i i guess on nickelodeon i was but, but like did people bomb on oh, did you have a writing staff on Chappelle? no it was just you and dave yeah. yeah um the i guess it's like 
on at the for the correspondence dinner it was we all wrote and then Seth just read them all and one of my jokes got like it was like a Sarah Palin joke and it it I it was struck it was a good joke do you remember it, it? yeah it was uh uh Donald Trump's running for president which will be good it'll be good for the party because it'll it'll he has his own beauty pageant which will make it easier to find a vice presidential candidate right uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sarah Palin joke whatever it's a good joke but it's so good and so just sort of standard and clean that all the other joke writers were like it just feels hacky uh-huh. but Seth picked it because he knew like in a room full of regular people but yeah. I so you're still, talking you're saying Neil your story of bombing in a writer's room is the no no, no I, but there were plenty of jokes so that no, no no but there were plenty <laughs> so of jokes that didn't bombed. work I'm thinking of like <laughs> that the writer joke, wouldn't that's laugh. the one that that's the one that I felt shitty about in the room uh-huh. like like I felt just like ugh. I felt like a fucking hack you know yeah. I worked with a with a, a guy who was like a master of bombing like part of his charm was when he would bomb. Like, <laughs> you work with Andy Kinley? I know. I'm talking. It'd be funny. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> Great guy, good looking. Yeah. Uh, young guy. yeah. No, but he go. He would always like save it at the end. Like, oh, you know what? Actually, I think that's a terrible joke, and everybody would be like, ah, until you kind of like miss. It. Give up on his own joke. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. I mean, that's like a fine. That's, but like, I would exit with a laugh. And yeah. People remember that. I had the disadvantage of when I first got there, I kept getting paired up with John Oliver. And so I was not only brand new, this dude had been here six years, master of how to write these scripts, John's voice. And so every time we would go in, it would basically be all from his script. And I was like, I'm so going to fucking get fired in like another week because I keep ending up with John Oliver, the writing partner. And but, but technically no one knows who wrote what, right? Oh no, they know because they those scripts have your name on them. Okay, so it's you. You write a draft, and John Oliver writes draft. Right. Oh, oh fuck, that's and, rough. And they would compare the two, and then drafts. they read two drafts, and they wow. pick the jokes from those drafts. And so I kept getting paired up with him, and nothing, and just fucking. I would I would read through his script before the meeting, and I would just be like, fuck. Yeah, like this oh, is so fucking. You, yours was not as good. I was like, this is so fucking good. Like, and I gotta go <laughs> in this room. This guy's good. I gotta <laughs> recommend him. <laughs> I gotta go in this room and watch them pick all of his jokes, and then go back with him and rewrite another script. And it, it was just fucking. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, and then and you, how much better do you think you've gotten at the job since you've been there? How long have you been there? Uh, almost a year and a half. About a year and a half. And how much better do you think you've gotten? Oh, like so much better. Like even. We have like quarterly meetings with the head writer, and uh, before our, our head writer left to go work on John Oliver's show, he was saying like, "You've gotten so much better." Like they they think you're good when you get there. Like they don't they don't think you're shit. Or they wouldn't hire you, but but they are patient. Yeah, very patient. Like yeah. that's one of the because it's a hard job. Like it's yeah. a hard thing to do to come in there and do that. Like even the program we write in, like it's so the technical shit in the script that you have to put in. Like you have to learn how to use the software, what all that shit means, and then you got to go write jokes, and it's, 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 it's a learning curve. Yeah. And so they're patient with you, and when I look at old scripts and I look at, like, now, like, it's, it's much tighter, the voice is cleaner. Like, uh, like, when you get there, I think most people think of John's, like, ranty voice or, like, because those are the moments you kind of hear about the most when those he goes on, like, viral. he goes yeah. off, like, and so you start to write, like, everything like that, 
and then you realize, oh wait, like that's just sometimes. Right. Most of the time, it's just a quick, funny thing with a point, and then you start to cut the fat, and you get to the joke quicker. You understand what's gonna, what has a better chance of getting on, and you just become way better at the job, way faster. But you're also working with. Like the writing staff year, like in terms of how long they've been there, they all have been there for like five years, eight yeah. years. Havlin's been there for 17 the whole years. Time, yeah. Like, so when you work with these people as a new writer, they're also helping you shave time off of that learning curve. Uh, so if you had to say you prefer this job or the target thing, uh, don't, you don't have to take your time. Yeah, See body slamming Mexicans, yep. knives and socks, and then target. Emmy nominations. Uh, oh, do you have an Emmy? I got nominated last year. Oh shit! But we lost to Colbert from a young man from Compton. Good thing you tore your meniscus. I know, right? I wouldn't fucking have an Emmy certificate on my wall. No, man, you would be fucking trying to play basketball in Croatia or something <laughs> like that. It's funny because a lot of my friend friends or teammates from college and high school are doing that, and it's like. That shit. What are they doing? Playing, like trying to play anywhere oh, uh, in the yeah. world. Yeah, and it's Greece like for like shit. no money. And that's what this podcast a is struggle. about. We're trying to go into the hood and tell kids that they they don't need their meniscus. Fuck your knees up. Yeah. yeah. Fuck your knees up. Write because, jokes. Because writing is. Listen is to a, a prior or Carlin album and then start writing jokes. Is that what you, you felt like you did? Oh, yeah. Like I w- when I was like 12 or 13 when Bring the Pain came out. That changed my life. Like yeah. I watched that. I recorded it on VHS. I must have watched it three or four times a day. I don't even know why my mom let me watch that. Like, yeah, because no kid should have been watching Bring the Pain, and I was watching it religiously. And then I found, although there's not a lot of sex jokes in Bring the Pain. I mean, it's just the the like the the profanity of it. The like yeah. the niggas are like. It's just stuff you wouldn't really want a kid to really be like absorb, 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 like that yeah. kind of thing. Bring and the pain is, you know, in my the toss salad man, like toss salad is, that uh, is that's quite a pretty, joke. Yeah, like, but like, that's my favorite, best, best special. That's your yes. special ever. Rock actually says it's his his most popular one, uh, like DVD, all that shit is bigger and blacker. Huh? Do you know what my favorite special of all time Go. is? Uh, Women in Black Dudes. Women in Black Dudes by Neil yeah. Brennan. By Neil Brennan. <laughs> See, I'm kind. I'm a uh, loving man. Rock said something else interesting, which surprised me. What's yours? Live in Oakland? Anyway, yeah, Live, live in Oakland. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Rock said something there. else, <laughs> which was interesting, which is he will do a pass on his specials to get rid of unnecessary cursing. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Which, But it's fucking surprising because you don't. Because it's like it's not. He did that on it's Bring the Pain. A lot. I because I, I didn't ask specifically. But it was a lot. Well, I don't know about specials, but I do know like when I was writing the book, I did many passes to get rid of of swearing because it just felt superfluous, especially on paper. Uh, on like, papers, but <coughs> if you're a if you're Chris Rock, right? I know. Have we talked about Rock's theory that everyone is better, is funnier, clean? Oh no! All right, he has a theory. He and and all right. He has a theory that every comedian, he said, except for me himself, except for Chris Rock, except for Chris Rock, everyone is funny or clean. And I'm like, I kind of was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, he goes, what's Carlin's best bit? And I go, uh, place for your stuff. What's Eddie's best bit? Ice cream. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there are others like you know, but he you kind of see his point. Yeah, like if if Eddie could write an hour of ice cream, that would be better than oh, that's than, interesting. Uh, and of course, Rock exempts himself. Like it doesn't you you kids work clean. <laughs> uh, it's certainly not true for like Norton or D- Doug Stanhope. Or- no, I agree. But there, but Pryor, what's Pryor's best bit? Oh, I don't know. I have yeah, I, well, that's the, that's an interesting question. Anyway, my, I guess you'd say Mudbone. I don't know. Yeah, so Mudbone. But Mudbone's like dramatic. My, my dirty secret is that I've never been a huge Carlin or Pryor fan. They just don't really do it for me. Never Russell really Russell Peters isn't a big Pryor. Fan. I'm not a huge Pryor fan. I love Pryor's presence. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I always think of Pryor as like laying down the foundation for the comics I would truly love. Yeah. But it's just a little bit generationally. Yeah, like I went back and I listened to that stuff as a kid, but my biggest, like I would say my biggest comedy influence of the people that made me really want to do comedy was Dave and Chris. Yeah. Because those were the comics of my, like, growing up. And yeah. I grew up into those. Like, every Chris Rock special, everything Dave did. Like, I was in college when uh, Chappelle show was on, and... I actually remember when season. I'm going to go ahead and change the subject here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) When season one of Chappelle Show was on, uh, that was when I started like hanging out at the Laugh Factory, and it was my freshman year of college, and we had got tickets. They were giving out free tickets, and um, me and one of my my roommate went, and I wasn't going to go. I was like, ah, I can't go. I got I got to study and shit. He's I like, gotta just, my, I gotta rub my meniscus. It's <laughs> like still just got a little bit man, of meniscus I, left. A little cartilage. I'm a nurse. I still, I still had a lot at that point. But we go. I was like, um, he's like, come on, let's go. And I was like, I was like, well, like what? Like I don't the comics. And he's nobody's. They had like a list. Like no, I don't right. know any of these people. And he's like, what if Dave Chappelle shows up? And it and echoed like, in your head. <laughs> and we fucking went, and Dave Chappelle showed up. That's so weird. And did 45 minutes and fucking crushed. That's a TV set for him. 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and I was fucking, and I, I met Dave like three different times, uh, three different times in his career, which is funny because it was like three different Daves. Yeah. It was like that Dave. I met Dave right back from Africa, Dave. Right. You met then, Dave from Dave's Not Here from Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Dave, Ham- Wendy's Hamburger Dave. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, you got to meet that Dave. Uh, That's a classic Dave. Super Dave. Super Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave Coulier. Oh, yeah. Who, who wouldn't want to meet Dave Fuck. Coulier? Um, David Crockett. You went down the Alamo. Because you like fighting Mexicans. <laughs> right. You got you to gotta link up with Crockett. Um, I, mean, I saw him coming out of, uh, what's her name? Uh, Joan so, Rivers. A soul, so, she's like a singer. Um Bad deal. Closer to my dreams. That song. Uh, sing it. Uh, <laughs> sing it. Sing it. Uh, we aren't going to know who it is, but please sing it. <laughs> you know who it is. Just say it. Close. Oh, oh, Alicia Keys. No. Oh, oh, no, uh, no, no. Guapale. 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 He's friends with her. Guapale's brother. Lit something. Something about. Guapale and I know his br- her brother or some shit. Yeah, he was coming lives out. The, of the, he lives in the bay. He introed yeah. her. Came out of the back in the alley, and we were like leaving the same time. And he like chatted with me for a second, and then so you met Af- Guapale Dave, Africa Dave, <laughs> yeah, Chappelle Show Dave, Chappelle Show Dave. Then I met like Crazy Dave when he did like five hours at the Laugh Factory, and was like bugging the fuck out. Like it was weird. 
He was talking about going to space. And like, <laughs> oh, cats, just, cats stay going to space. He smoked like seven packs of cigarettes, no lie, like fucking chain smoked them. And he was sweating. <laughs> and he seemed like a little, like, Paranoid. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's going Neil through. Neil is uncharacteristically quiet in this section <laughs> of the podcast. Go on. This is interesting. <laughs> but like, if you could I, see Neil's body language right now, he's shrieking in his I have chair. My, it's incredible. I have my ear up to Trayvon. <laughs> Go on. It sounds like Dave. Yeah, yeah. For some reason. Sounds like Dave. Yeah, like, but he talked to me for like a, like a couple minutes. But it was just like he's like, man, I gotta get out of here. I don't. I don't. I don't even. I'm sorry to guys. Like, I don't. Even, I don't know what's going on, man. I gotta get out. I just gotta get out of here. And then he yeah. left. Yeah. And then Dave from that tour, they just had Al Magic right. was on. Mm-hmm. I met him after the after we after that whole and oh, the, the show was over. The one in uh the one they did in New Jersey. Oh, so one of the good ones. Yeah. 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 So I've seen the many stages. You've seen many. There's yeah. many more. The many yeah. stages. Neil, Neil has a couple. I, there are many. Those are just, <laughs> you're just scratching the surface. <laughs> that is something so interesting about him, though. Is like I was saying, I was telling Neil when I saw him in Montreal. I apparently the night before he had done a show and it was like a kind of a hot mess. And I went and saw him and I was just like, when this dude is on, he is oh, the yeah. best of us. Oh yeah, like he's. So far, ab- beyond everyone, Louie, right. Bill, everybody that's like currently people are talking about. When he's got focus, there's no, there isn't anybody. Dave yeah, his Chris. new shit is. It was just like holy shit. Like, yeah, you don't even, how, how, how how did yeah. you? It's all they're all magic tricks. It's all just like the the his act now is like they're not even shaped like jokes. It's like right. what are you even doing? And then where you're like, oh fuck, this is a joke. Yeah, right, and he does slowly. This thing. this thing forms. You're like, oh fuck, this is a joke. And then right. it's like a big punchline. He or does like, this weird thing too, where he creates an emotional landscape where you're about, you're about to have an emotional reaction, and right before you have the emotional reaction you're preparing for, it becomes a joke. And you're like, wait, no, now that's yeah, right. Laughing. <clears throat> and he makes it look so fucking easy. Yeah, so fucking easy. I think it is. It is him. fair. It is <laughs> extremely it, easy. It seems like it is. For he him. actually has said that. He's like, he's like people talking about showbiz being hard. He's like, fucking not hard. Then again, that's the dude. Again, that that's the took your fortune and went to Africa. <laughs> yeah. no, but but that that shit was hard. Right. But like just the 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 that the art. yeah, like just going on stage and being funny is literally means nothing. Now. Like at Montreal, I would tell you we were talking on the side of the stage. And he's smoking. We're talking about fucking whatever the weather. And he's like, "All right." I sh-. He's like, "Yeah, no, it was crazy. It was like warm, then it was cold." And then he's like, "I should probably go on," and drops a cigarette and just walks on stage, not breaking, not fucking like, "Let me focus. I need to go on. I should go on." And eight seconds, the crowd is cheering. But do you, like, how, do you think that's because he's Dave Chappelle? Though? Like the lore of like how crowds. Are hanging on his every word. Like even when he no, did that, he's always been a fucking weirdly great. He's just a great. He's just a. I did I ever tell you the story? Somebody told me about. Uh, somebody said that Dave was on stage in high school, and they were on the side of the stage uh, with Martin, and Martin didn't have a sitcom anything, and Chappelle's on stage, and uh, and and Martin looks at the guy and goes. I don't even know if I like this motherfucker, but I can't stop looking at him. (laughs) Which is like, fucking, that's it. That's it. That's like, you know, those old clips, not to dwell on Dave, but those old clips, you can't, you still go on the old Def Jam stuff. You go, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a comedian. I mean, he's he's good. He's very good, but he's, he's just a con- And then all of a sudden, somewhere, a lot killing him softly, somewhere before that. You all know, right. Oh, you went. It's like what happened actually with Andre, 3000. Right. The first few albums, you're going, this guy's a skilled MC. That's fine. You know, Atlians. And then all of a sudden, on Equemini, you go, oh, s- some transformational shift has happened. This dude just went into, right. into genius. Did field. I tell you the thing I heard about Andre? Huh. Oh right. yeah, you did. We got. I don't know if I said it on here. That we got to wrap up. But somebody told me that the reason he quit rapping is because he wanted everyone around Outcast to stop relying on Outcast for money. Wow. Which nice. is like, if it's true, is the greatest reason for quitting <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. And the fact that they're going. I said the fact that they're going on tour now. Like the last guy finally got a job. Like their last like. T-shirt guy was like, "I got a job." And they're like, "All right, we can go on tour back together." Why couldn't he just say no? Because it. I think what he meant. I, I again, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it's like you just have these people around. Because if you say no, you're a motherfucking disloyal bitch, right, motherfucker? I've been here for you, Dre, right. and all that shit. And it's like, no, you didn't. I was doing this shit on my own, and then all you motherfuckers just collected around us. <laughs> Um, I was the one telling people throw your hands in the air. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. But they, it's <laughs> all these, yeah, like all these dudes. Like, yo, man, we rely, and you don't want. It's not fun if you got all these people relying on you. So, right. in conclusion, are you happy? No, uh, happier than I've ever been in my life, man. It's, it's still. I can't believe some days when I leave my apartment on the Upper West Side of New York, walk past Jamaican women pushing white babies in strollers. That could you could have been that Jamaican woman. Yeah. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> that's my. I get to walk into a fucking studio and write jokes for John Stewart. Like that's, and the money's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was, there was real. There yeah, was that was real. too much. You got to work on you that. You're a great, charming man. You brought us all the way back to a hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> like, oh, you my god, you've got to see this money. And you're the writer scale to get insurance, you get no, dental, you go to got therapy. Insurance. Yeah. That was it. That was our dismount, Neil. Yeah. No, I know. I should have got off on that. It got too good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, All right. man. That was awesome. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Now you're fucking with the champs. When something happens in South Central Los Angeles, nothing happens. It's just another nigga dead, 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 dead. Straight out of Compton. Crazy motherfucker name.
What's up? Tell them where you from. Straight out of Compton. Another crazy ass nigga. More punks I smoke, yo, my rep gets bigger. I'm a bad motherfucker and you know this. But the pussy ass niggas won't show this. But I don't give a fuck, I'ma make my snaps. If not from the records, from jacking a crap, it's like burglary. The definition is jacking. But when I'm legally on, it's all packing. Shoot a motherfucker in a minute. I'm finding good piece of pussy and go a minute. So if you had a show in the front row, I'ma call you a bitch or a dirty ass hoe. You probably get mad like a bitch is supposed to. But that shows me slut junk and post to a crazy motherfucker from the street. Attitude legit, cause I'm tearing up shit. Empty rent controls are automatic. Coming. Straight out of Compton, it's a brother that I'll smother your mother and make your sister think I love her. Dangerous motherfucking race in hell. And if I ever get caught, I make bail. See, I don't give a fuck. That's the problem. I see a motherfucking cop, I don't dodge him. But I'm smart, lay low, free for a while. And when I see the punk pass, I smile. To me, it's kind of funny. The attitude show a nigga driving, but don't know where the fuck he going, just rolling. Looking for the one they call easy, but it's a flash.